Welcome to the next edition of the Career Conversations podcast brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group. I'm your host, Craig McGregor, and it's been a while. Uh, We've had a bit of a gap in uh, episodes, and it's probably been a bit of a post-COVID hangover. Um, We've been busy, but more importantly, it's just been uh, one of those times where I've had to reflect on what I've been doing, focus, and now it's time to, to get back into this great podcast that I love. So um, for another time, we might get into um, the COVID experience of not just Hunter Recruitment Group, but of myself uh, and how it impacted my life, my family and and what it's done to me in terms of focus. So uh, maybe we do that where I, I have a conversation with myself down the track. But today... You're going to get a great conversation. Um, I'm really proud to, to bring the podcast back and, and to have a young person, uh, my youngest ever, I believe, um, guest and hasn't been that far off 20. So when we ask him that time machine question at the end, he really doesn't have to reflect, reflect that long on the answer. Uh, Lachlan McPhee uh, is a, an entrepreneur and uh, comes from a family of entrepreneurs and is someone that has discovered his passion in life and has, has, has run with it and uh, has become a remedial massage therapist and uh, has helped me personally over the last few years and our family. Um, so it's great to get into his career arc, why he does what he does and how efficient and effective he is at what he does. So sit back, enjoy our career conversation with Lachlan McPhee. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group. People-centric recruiters, HRG looks to use technology and personal interviewing techniques to ensure the best fit possible for both the candidate and the employer. We operate labour hire and temp services for various sites, conduct permanent recruitment searches and have an innovative program we call temp to perm You can find us on the web www.hrgroup.com.au or search for us on your favourite social site, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. Whether you're an employer looking for a fantastic new team member or you're an individual seeking their next great career move, start a conversation with Hunter Recruitment Group today. So welcome to the Career Conversations podcast, Lachlan McPhee. Thank you, Craig. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I was, I was um, pondering and thinking about this conversation and um, getting prepared and I was thinking, I think Lachlan might be the youngest guest I've had on, so it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts and uh, particularly our last question around what to talk about uh, learning from the past, so I'm looking forward to our chat. Look forward to it myself as well. Excellent. See how we go. So let's, um, let's start with now. So um, Lachlan's got magic hands for those who are listening, um, so he's a... Remedial massage specialist. I'm, I'm not sure if I'll say this right, but his business is Exceed Sports Clinic, uh, based in Maitland. Why don't I leave it to you to tell us about what you do? Alrighty, um, I'm a remedial therapist. So remedial therapy, pretty much everybody at least has an idea of what we do. Um, a lot of people get us mixed up with physiotherapy. Main difference between remedial therapy and physiotherapy. Remedial therapy, we're really aiming to help you with any discomfort you have. So try and eliminate some pain, um, or we pretty much increase your movement. Um, so we're just trying to increase your quality of life. Whereas physiotherapy, the main difference there is they're a little bit more diagnostic, um, and they'll actually rehab you through an injury or, you know, pre-operative or post-operative. Yeah. Okay. And 
I like to, every now and then I go in to see you for what, what I call preventative maintenance. Yep. Um, is that another part of it? So most people, do they come, oh, I've hurt my shoulder or I've tweaked my back and they come in and see you and you manipulate muscles and, and make them, like you say, feel better. But is there a component of that, hey, if I come in on a regular basis and get worked on, then my body might not uh, break down? Yeah, yeah, realistically, that's the way we like to go with people. Um, we like to try to get them to come in semi-regularly. When I say semi-regularly, you know, six to eight weeks, somewhere there. Um, you're less likely to injure yourself. Well, we like to say that anyway. Um, but realistically, day to day, you never know. It all depends on what you do for your activities, what you do for your job, all of that stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, so did you have an option of going physio or so you've just given us that background why well why did you choose remedial massage yeah so i actually um i got accepted into a double degree um that was physiotherapy and exercise sports science um the main reason i stopped that i was set ready to go that was up at the gold coast um at the time i'd had a few injuries growing up playing sports i went to a few physiotherapists um locally and i had one injury in particular that was my ankle um never got any relief everything got strong i was still strong in it um i just couldn't do things i used to be able to do and at this stage i was you know 18 years old um and I ancient was, yeah <laughs> 18 years old and just in pain all the time so yeah. with a permanent limp um couldn't play basketball the sport i loved playing at the time um just found physiotherapy it worked like i said to get me back in a way um, but the pain was still there all the time um, so then I found a remedial therapist I was in there for literally five minutes click click pop Amazing. and he just says to me get up test it out see how it feels and literally stood up and I just couldn't get over it I was absolutely blown away five minutes in there on the table and that was it he didn't ask for any history nothing like that he just said what's wrong I said ankle he said cool jump on the table um, so he felt around, obviously, given his experience, to see what issue there was and then found his solution to how he could fix it. Yeah, yep, and his solution just worked fantastic. Um, so literally straight after that, I'm talking within the week, I was back playing basketball full-time again, um, like there was never an issue in the first yeah, place. Wow. Um, and then I had another injury not long after that, similar kind of situation. I had some shoulder problems, um, exactly the same thing I rehabbed through it everything was strong so if you put me in any test I could do everything there was just permanent pain um, same thing go back to the same guy with the magic hands <laughs> click click pop all right move it around test it out rest it for 24 hours but don't rest it after that just go and do your normal thing see how it goes same thing didn't have an issue after that at all um, and then I just pretty much used him permanently after that for all injuries. He was good though, if he knew that there was an issue. Um, so we technically, what we do as remedial therapists, we don't diagnose a problem. We'll do the testing and we'll advise you, hey, I think you might have this problem. Um, you should go see a physiotherapist or go get an MRI. We'll tell you where to go from there. Yep. Um, so he was always good at that. But with him, I'd just use him for my injuries. I'd get his advice first um, and then follow through with that afterwards. And one day of all things, I walked in there when I was just having a really bad day at my old work and um, just asked him, have you ever mentored anybody or have you ever thought about it? And he said, yeah, 
I've mentored people before and I'd absolutely love to if you're thinking about it. And he was the one who just said, go get your diploma in remedial massage and I'll have you in here and we'll just work hands-on all day, whatever hours you're available. So uh, personal experience of injury is what led you to discover this sector or industry and then that led you to going, hey, I, I want to be a part of this so I can help other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, and, you know, the last thing I wanted to do back then, obviously, because I hadn't had great experience with physiotherapists, now being in the industry, I've yeah, found yeah, it's like yeah. any profession. Mm. You find the good ones and they're really good at what they do. Um, but, yeah, back then, because I was younger, I thought to myself, why would I want to go spend... Well, that one was a double degree, so why would I want to go spend five years at university to get out, do a bit of personal training, which is what I'd already done, yep. um, and then do physiotherapy, which may or may not be beneficial, where I could go do my diploma, get that done in 18 months, go work alongside this other therapist for about six to 12 months, pick his brains, and then I'll have three years' experience behind my back by the time I'd actually finish university if I went down that route instead. Mm. Do you, now that you mentioned that, that you kind of have a bit more respect for physio given that, you know, there's some good ones out there, do you look back and go, ooh, what if I'd done physio instead? Yeah, so about two years ago, I was going through that stage where I was like, oh, should I just go back? Should I go to university? Yep. Um, and I actually seeked advice from a few physiotherapists, like the good ones I'm talking about, mm. and just asked them, hey, what do you think? Um, is it worth me going back? You know, it'll probably only take me about three years now. Um, and they've all just said the same thing. What's the point? Yep. You pretty well do similar stuff. Um, you work really well with us. If there's anything that you need to pass on, your income will be the same, if not less. <laughs> and you're just going to get a $50,000 debt at the end of it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I did toss up that option quite a few times. And probably now, nowhere near as frequently. Um, but earlier, every three months or so, I'd go back on it, think again, yep. say, should I apply again? Um, but now I'm, I'm happy with where I am. So how long have you been running this business for? Um, so the remedial therapy side, we're going on four years now. Um, I started working for myself 18 months before that, just doing strength and conditioning coaching. Okay. Yep. Um, and yeah, so it's only been four years, but I can tell you, um, working alongside that other therapist and learning his ways, I was really lucky as soon as I went from there to working for myself, it just picked up. Tell me about that transition. Was that So when you were being mentored by him, <clears throat> was that the path? That was the plan? Hey, I'm going to start my own remedial massage clinic um, and I'm going to gain as much knowledge as I can to move forward. Was that, that the plan? Yeah, that was the plan. <clears throat> and he was okay with that plan too? Absolutely. You so he's training a competitor? Yeah, yeah wow. he's um, amazing. One thing people don't understand, so I'm a teacher now as well, so I teach the yep, diploma. so you're doing the same. I teach the diploma and I find it really rewarding to teach as much as you can. But you find in this industry with remedial massage anyway, it's one of those technically we have competitors on nearly every corner. But if I go through my phone right now, I can show you group messages of, you know, the good therapists around that I associate myself with and we'll actually chat to each other every week or so just to see how everyone's doing. You know, like if I'm, for example, right now I'm booked out four weeks. If I have someone who's trying to get in and they have an injury and I can't accommodate for them, I'll message the group, hey, who's got the closest availability for this person? This is what's going on. 
they'll let me know and I just send them straight there. Um, it is one of those, we have a lot of competitors, so to speak, but we actually work really well together. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I was going to get into that uh, a little bit later on, but I still want to uh, track your, your pathway here. So step me through that mentoring um, process. So how long did you work with him directly as, as, a, as a mentor? Yeah, so I was probably about halfway through my diploma before I went and worked alongside him. Um, and then it would have been about eight months. I was actually trying to figure out how long it was the other day. About eight months, so I was still doing my strength and conditioning on the side. Okay. Good thing about strength <coughs> and conditioning, it's always a morning shift and an afternoon shift. Yeah, okay. So the middle of the day, I just space. go jump in with him for a few hours. Um, and he was the best mentor. He was. So what made him the best mentor? Why? One, he made sure I knew every little detail. Yep. So if I was doing something okay, but not great, he'd, tell he'd you. pick me up on it. Yep. Um, the other thing was he was really big on if you're not getting your hands on, you're not going to learn anything. Mm. So from the first person yeah. to walk in. Don't just sit in the corner and watch. Yep. Here's what you do. Yep. So okay. actually his clients... And it is because it's so hands-on. It's not like, um, you know, to a degree, it's not like learning an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. It's about okay, you need to touch that ankle and you'll feel that ligament or um, muscle or whatever it is and you'll see, you'll we'll feel it. So Exactly right. We actually had um, in the class on the weekend that I taught, I have a chef and we were talking about how it's one of those industries you may not feel things now, but your touch just becomes much more sensitive. Mm. And the chef was like, that's exactly like me. When I when roast a lamb, I can put my hand on it and I can tell you if that's medium rare. Yeah, wow. And it's exactly like that. It's one of those, if you're not touching it all the time, you just don't build up that sensitivity to it. Mm. Okay. Um, so about eight months in the, so in his rooms, working hands-on, working with him, how did you transition? How did you know that the eight months was enough to go, I'm ready? It was actually him. Yeah, okay. He was the one, I was still working with him and I was telling him, I was like, hey, I've, you know, I've just graduated. I've got my little, got my little sheet here. Um, I'll probably, you know, I'll, I'll look to open something up soon. I might just work from home for the time being. And straight away, he was just like, don't be an idiot, Locke. He said, go out, pay for some rent. It'll pay for itself in weeks. Somewhere. You'll be fine. Yep. And it was, it was honestly just him. Yeah. Tell me about that because you, you rent space out of the, the Federation Centre where Maitland Basketball's housed. Is that a good referral source for you? Do you get many of the people that see you around or see you sign or know you through basketball that, that's fed the entry or the start of your business um kind of so kind i was of? really lucky because i had a background in all other sports um so i used to play rugby league <coughs> when i was younger i was a boxer as well played tennis all of that um and i did strength and conditioning coaching so i did quite a lot of stuff with other sporting teams so that was a good way straight away to build clients with basketball i found even now basketball is behind big yeah, time okay. yep any other sport they are behind so Everyone knows now, just simple things. Everyone knows that you do not do static stretching before competition. Mm. Still yet, you'll look in basketball. Yep. The coaches will have the kids on the sideline, stretching their hamstrings, so essentially relaxing every muscle before they go do something. So therefore, injuries seem to be at a higher rate. Mm. Um, and then you'll find as well, for a while it's getting better, but for a while you know, you'd have a kid with a sore knee. And the parents had always put it down to, oh, you're just growing. Don't worry about it. 
Um, Rather than go and having it looked at. Exactly. Um, mm. Which now there's a little bit of a change there. That's, yep. I'm seeing a shift. But honestly, with basketball, I didn't get much work out of basketball yeah, wow. for quite a I while. I would have thought that would have been a great food source for you because you're, you're there. It is now. Yep. Um, so now people are starting to realise the importance of it. The other thing that was hard was because I was a coach in basketball, yeah. I did strength and conditioning, I still played a little bit. I'd have a lot of people that knew me well that always wanted things done for free. Yeah, right. <clears throat> that was the other hard part. Well, what about, here's one for you, because you're a remedial, you're, you're touching people. Do you think that might be an impact that they go, oh, I see Lockie here all the time or I know him, he's my friend, I don't really want him touching my leg or my back or whatever. That might have impacted too. Do you think that so I comes used, into place? I used to think yeah. um, that that would definitely be a thing. Yeah, because we get a little bit of that here sometimes that because we're not really so much career but money, so sometimes friends will be resonant to talk about the salary expectations of where they want to be if they want to change careers, and I get that. So, I, I, yeah, reflecting on that, that may be something for you. So continue, sorry. Yeah, so I used to think that that would be a big thing, um, especially amongst friends. Hmm. You know, all of my friends are at their age now, they're getting engaged or married, all of that. Um, but when I came into it, the weird part was some of the first people I were getting were my good friend's partners. Yeah, okay. Um, things like that. And they knew me well. Yep. Um, and they were coming in. It seems to be the younger generation, so my generation and younger, don't they, care. they don't care. Yep. Um, older generation, I'll, even still now, I'll have clients that I've had for years and they might be, you know, mid-50s, early-60s. Their wives will call me and say, hey, look, I've got this issue. Um, I know my husband comes to see you, says you're really good, that you'll be able to fix me. Look, if I'm being honest, I don't feel comfortable with a male. Mm. Mm. Um, is there anyone you can recommend? Mm. And that's fine when they yeah, call me. Enough. At least when they call me, I know they've got the respect to ask. Yep. Um, and then same thing, I'll just point them in the right direction and they'll eventually get sorted out the way they need to. But yeah, it was one of those... Um, it was amazing the amount of support I've had from friends starting off. Because yeah. um, I thought the exact same thing you were mentioning. I thought that there would be a, a big no-no. Mm. Um, but no, it's been really good. And they still, to this day, they'll still come in. Yep. And they'll, I'm now at that stage where everyone pays full price. <laughs> That's nice. Good. That's good. Um, but yeah, they even don't have any qualms with that either. Yeah. Well, that may be that you've earned that in terms of they value uh, what you do as opposed to they'll just, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll help Lockie out. I'll get him to do a yeah, massage my shoulder or whatever. Now they're like, no, I need, I need him to do this work for me. Yeah, well, that's what I like to hope anyway. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're happy to wait the, the full two to four weeks or whatever it's at at the time. Um, and then, yeah, if they're, they're paying the full price on top of that, that's usually enough feedback for me to think, okay, I'm doing right by this person. So. Okay. <clears throat> so step me through, go. Uh, so if there's anyone listening that wants to jump into that industry, so the pathway is diploma. So yep. you need to get a qualification, a diploma. So where do you get that from? Um, so you need to get that from, from a vet provider. Okay. So, for example, I work for a college I call Evolve College. Yep. Um, you can get it through places like TAFE as well. Mm -hmm. um, the reason you need your diploma mainly is that's what gives you your provider number. So, for example, when you for come healthcare. and see me, I can claim yep. back from your healthcare provider. Um, you can get a certificate for in massage itself. That is purely therapeutic, so relaxation. Um, so depending on what you're into, but diploma is generally the way to go. You get your provider number, easier to get insurances, 
so all of those kind of things. Step me through the diploma. Is it, it so you had your mentor hands on? Was the diploma more theory based? No, so the diploma is very hands-on as well. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's what you're delivering now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I only actually deliver the hands-on side. So if Craig wanted to come and learn the diploma, I'd go to Evolve, I'd sign up. Step me through, what, what would the course look like? Um, so the course would start off, you have to go through technically your certificate four first. Yep. Um, so that's all in person. We teach you everything about relaxation. We will teach you some of the theory behind it in person as well. Um, so why we work in these certain tempos and what this does to the body. Um, so we'll do that. So usually that's about a class is a full weekend. So a class will be a Saturday and Sunday, nine hours a day. Um, we'll go through that and then you have your assessment. So your practical assessment for certificate four is really, I like to say it's quite easy. Yep. Um, all you have to do is show that you can provide a one hour long relaxation massage to the entire body. Um, and that's including, we have a very rigorous... Do you need any volunteers for them to do that? So Not in this one <laughs> at the moment. Um, we actually, weirdly you say that, we do normally have public clinic days. Yeah, okay. So when they finish their assessment, we'll have the next day as a public clinic day where yeah. it's up to them or me as a teacher to provide them with clients. Yeah. And yeah, that's normally, we have that completely free. Get a volunteer to come in and get a relaxing massage for an hour. That's it. Nice. And they'll do about three to four a day. In those yeah. ones, so they're actually really good. But yeah, at the cool. moment, thanks to COVID, yeah, okay, we can't have um, strangers coming into the clinic. Yep. So. Yeah, okay. Um, I was going to ask a, a, an, an odd, maybe an odd question. You are a younger guy. How do some of your older students handle that? Yeah, so interestingly enough, this past weekend, I've just started off a new class. This is the first class I've had students younger than me. Yeah, okay. So generally speaking, even as a teacher, I'm the youngest in the classroom. Um, it's actually pretty amazing how good they are with it. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as I start talking about it, they can just, they see the knowledge side of it. Yeah, knowledge and passion. Yeah. As soon as they see that, there's not a question at all. Whereas if it looked like I was reading from the book, yeah, um, different story there. Yep. But yeah, they've so far, a lot of respect. Um, they listen to everything you're teaching them. And the good part is I actually really like teaching the mature age because they're happy to ask questions. Yeah. So they will ask questions. And even at the end of that diploma, so at the end of that diploma, they know pretty much everything. So they'll know full anatomy, all the different tests you do to diagnose specific issues. They'll come with questions to you and they'll even say, what would you do in this situation? And I'd ask them first, tell me what you do. Tell me, tell me yeah. the reasoning behind what you're doing. Um, and usually it's an agreeing with them or if there's even small things I'll tell them, it's you're on the right track have you thought about this one as well do that test and just see what you might find tell me i want to get into techniques you love jabbing me with dry needles and <laughs> finding muscles that twitch and get them activated step me through some of those techniques so dry needling what what is that dry needling all right so a lot of people think it is similar to acupuncture so dry needling you'll see the pictures where someone will have be lying face down and they'll have 10 needles in their shoulder Yes, that's a form of dry needling, but that is not the actual common one that you would receive in my own clinic or a clinic with most good physiotherapists as well. If you imagine, easiest way to explain this, if you imagine you have a rope attached to your brain, that rope has knots throughout it. With the needle, you're essentially going in, you're poking the knot. The knot then has that weird twitch response, which is a signal from the brain. Hey, if I don't open up, this thing's going to hurt me. And that's where you get that weird 
Twitch yeah. response. And all of a sudden, you'll even feel it sometimes. As soon as it twitches, your shoulder just drops. Oh, you feel it. It's yeah. good. I love uh, it. Yeah, so that, that's what the theory is behind that. So it's actually, yes, it is quite daunting to look at it. And it seems like it's quite bad for the muscle in a way. But it's actually a really quick release on the muscle. So mm. you're, you're not actually in there for long. So a lot of people think, oh, they put needles in there and they leave them in there for 20 minutes or something. I'm in and out of a muscle within, you know, 30 seconds. Yep. Usually less. Okay. What other techniques are there that you, you use most times? So you're obviously using your hands a lot. Yep. What are you doing? What, what's the work? So the main yeah. thing is with a muscle, it's covered by this extra film called fascia. So if you imagine when you have a raw chicken breast, you know, you've got that weird skin film on it. Mm -hmm. We have that on us as well, but we're talking a hundred times thicker. So it's thick, hard fascia. The first thing you're starting off with, you're always warming up the muscle. So you'll notice the first part of a massage always seems to feel quite nice. Yep. Um, so that's purely just to start to warm up, get some blood circulating around the area and make that fascia a little bit more malleable. Mm -hmm. So then you can get to the deeper layers underneath. So you have got your normal, the stuff that I'm sure everybody's heard of, your trigger point work, which is where they'll press on a muscle. It'll hurt like hell <laughs> for 10 to 20 seconds. Um, my stuff's a little bit different to that. I try not to put the person through discomfort as much as I possibly can. Um, so my stuff, the one that you're probably a bit familiar with as well, which is this is the stuff I learned off my mentor. Yep. It's tendon and ligament manipulation. So that's when you'll feel that weird little click mm. or pop here or there. And then it's the same thing, that tendon, so which is attached to the muscle, um, will actually relax, therefore let the muscle relax without me having to do all that. So you're relaxing them. I always thought you were realigning them. No, it's purely relaxing the muscle. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. I, know, I know it seems like you're realigning because you're yeah. feeling things go Move. snap this yeah. way, pop that way. Um, but no, it is all purely, it's allowing that muscle to relax. Yep. Um, yeah, the only thing that you'll find sometimes in the ankles, this is why I had an issue with my ankle for so long. Um, ankles, there's a lot of tendons mm. right next to each other, on top of each other, passing through each other. Those are the only ones that if it does a little bit of a tear and repair, it can cluster up, yep. I like to call it. And those are the ones where you'll feel that pretty significant. So are you then breaking that tear and repair down? Essentially. Okay. Yep. And we're trying to line them back up alongside each other rather than clustering on top of each other. All right. I want to talk about the business side now. So clearly good at what you do. How do you, so you've talked about you now two to four weeks booked out. Um, how do you get to that point and, and how do you um, create the business side, um, communications, marketing, all those components that a good business has, how do you couple that with your knowledge and expertise as a massage therapist? All right, so <coughs> I'll start with marketing. Marketing is good in my industry because once you get to a stage where you have quite a few clients and you'll do your best by them, they do the marketing so it's for you. Mouth. Yeah. Yep. They do the marketing for you. That's the best thing ever. Um, obviously, being that little bit younger, um, social media is huge in yep. today's day and age. I do my best to stay active on social media. Yep. But realistically, if, I, if I'm honest, I'll finish my day at 8 p.m. The last thing I want to do is try and <laughs> think of some informative post to put on Instagram or Facebook. Um, generally speaking, if you go on there now, you'll notice occasionally there'll be something informative and then usually it's, hey guys, I've opened up a new day of bookings. Yep. 
or I have a cancellation here. Yep. Now it's kind of just at that stage where it's purely just a day-to-day -day update on if I've had a cancellation, um, if I've opened another day, or if something else comes up. Um, like, for example, if I've decided all of a sudden to take a break, um, that's really all my social media so is for now. What about, so you've got that mar the marketing, word of mouth, referral business, great. Oh, you know, you're at that stage where you're booked out. Are you thinking about expanding? And you, you've probably created a, <clears throat> a business model where you could, like your mentor, um, your coaching, you could go, well, that, that person's really good. Hey, do you want to come and contract for me or work for me? Is that something in your, in your future? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually, it's good timing you ask that. Um, when I very first started, so we're talking four years ago, I worked alongside a physiotherapist at a sporting it was actually at the basketball stadium. Yep. Um, and we both had basically a changeover shift because the days went for really long. Um, and since I worked with him in that, I actually thought, hey, this guy's really good. Hmm. Um, it'd be awesome to work in something multidisciplinary, like have all of those professions together. Because yep. I've just noticed working in remedial massage, like we're really lucky there. We're all, or we seem to be, great, nice people. We just work well together. I've come to notice in the other healthcare professions, there seems to be almost a divide. Mm. Like you're either a chiro person or a physio person. Mm. Um, you're either an osteo person or a chiro person. There's a, there's a big divide. Um, my dream's always been, why wouldn't you just have all of them work under the same roof? I'm sure that way you would never ever come across anything that you couldn't at least help. So you have like a <coughs> triage desk at the front someone's coming in for the first time or virtually now and then you just be able to fling them to where they need to go exactly right um and then also little things like if i can't seem to figure out what's yeah. happening with somebody yep you ask the physio in the next room um if they have a good idea but even they're not sure they could go ask the chiro in the following room mm. um so that's always been the dream okay i knew starting off especially being young in an industry um, I'd hate to say it, but the healthcare sector is very ego-driven. Yeah, okay. Um, I'll say that honestly. Yeah. It's a bit like that at the moment. Yep. Um, what do you mean by ego-driven? How is that executed? So, I'll go on statement and say it, actually. <laughs> You're right. Um, if we're talking in our Maitland area, okay, so there's quite a few physiotherapist um, clinics realistically majority of them are good like i've had clients go to many of them i've yep. obviously got my favorites um, but i've had clients go to many of them and generally speaking most of the time it's a good outcome yep um, they eventually get to the same thing they would normally get to like the same diagnosis anybody else would they treat it very similar all is good if you chat to any other physiotherapist about a competitor no nah, they're horrible yeah, right. So that's what you mean. Okay. Yeah, it's very much we're the best. Hmm. Nobody else. Um, yeah, okay. And I've always found that a bit odd. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? Because even remedial therapists, like, yes, we might have in the back of our own, like, we might have our own ego. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah, I can do that. Like, yep. Yeah, I'm good for that. But at the same time, none of us have an issue with referring somebody to somebody else because they can get them hmm. in quicker or they know they'll be better for them because they do this particular technique. Hmm. We have no issues with that. Hmm. Um, whereas every other healthcare sector and like if you ask a physio what they think of a chiro if you ask a chiro what they think of a physio yeah okay it's amazing there's a huge divide between them all whereas I've always just thought 
if you're playing on the same team, generally speaking, it mm. should work much better. Yeah, partner. Yeah. Okay. So step me back through. So did you did you have a business plan? Did you look at funding sources? Did, step me through how you evolved from being mentored into I'm going to go and start a business. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I started working for myself, I realized pretty quickly I originally had the idea because they tell you in college, they try to say realistically, it's going to take you 12 months to get a good client base. Mm. I was really lucky. It took me about two months. So as soon as I got in and realized, hang on, I'm actually making some good money here. I'm helping quite a few people. Mm. As soon as I realized I could do that, then it's always been in the back of my head. All right. How do I get to step two? Yep. It's now taken me four years and through a few little failures and by failures, I mean my own health mm -hmm. just by trying to do too much. Yep. I've finally got to the stage now where I have that very first physiotherapist I worked alongside with four years ago. Um, he's actually leaving his current place of employment. Becoming a partner. Coming partner. Yeah. Okay, cool. So at first, it's going to just be the two of us. Yep. Um, we originally had plans for something bigger. COVID's still here somewhere up in the air. <laughs> um, and at the way it is trying to secure a lease at the moment with COVID in the background yep. and having literally no financials because we've started a new company. Yep. Um, so we've had to bring it back, um, humble ourselves a little bit, stay exactly where I am at the moment. So we're going to stay at the Maitland Federation Centre. Yep having two rooms set up instead of the one, um, build some financials through there. Once we're comfortable, expands, but we're thinking of actually even going more towards Newcastle area. Okay. Um, realistically, just because like I said, I've worked with a few physios around this Maitland area and they're good. Yep. Like they're already good. Yep. Um, like, yes, we could come in and we could help the area, but yeah, I'll be the first one to say that there's quite a few good ones already. Yeah, look, and that's... Uh, reflecting on my my journey so 14 years ago we started our recruitment business and we did it in Newcastle thinking there'd be a bigger market but the reality was there was a truckload more competitors and they're great good recruiters um, and I spotted a niche up here closer to home I could really service the business um, economy of Maitland better and so I chose to so and yeah 14 years later I'm really happy with that decision so that you've got to look at your markets and see where you can go to I wanted to ask about because I know your mum is your, was your mum and her entrepreneurial spirit, was that a factor in you doing what you did? Oh, yeah. 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 Huge. Yeah. yeah. She's so always been, since day one, kind of, you'll work for someone, but I don't see it lasting long. Yeah, good. You'll always work for yourself. And she's always been big on that. Because um, it is, it's a mentality. Hmm. I, I talk to people all the time that there are individuals who it, it does not suit them going and starting a business they are nine to five they are rdo they are that's and that's that's okay but if you've got that entrepreneurial spirit you won't work you, you it will break you to work in a government sector or in a, a large company where you just get squashed with your ideas so yeah step me through your mum mentoring you through that sort of side of starting yeah so my mum um <coughs> single mum from when i was five years old brought me and my sister up and I mean we had a great life mm. if I look back at it if anything we were probably a bit spoiled yeah good um, but my mum was <coughs> also pretty big on making sure we knew that we were spoiled um, <laughs> so you know we weren't the, the bratty kids that would go around and show off the things we had um, 
she, generally speaking, always worked for herself as well. Um, so she built a really successful business. Um, she was mainly a consultant for other companies. Um, she actually helped me secure my first job. Um, so at the time, she was consulting for an irrigation company, which back then was huge. Um, I came in, worked in retail in that, just going through the end of high school. Came out of high school. Um, somebody else was leaving there in a service manager's position. They told me just to go in it for a few weeks until they find somebody else. They never found that somebody else. <laughs> that was me after that. <coughs> yeah. um, and when you're 18 years old, so that's not that long ago, realistically. <laughs> um, so we're talking about 10 years ago. Um, when you're 18 years old, fresh out of high school, and this is at the same time when I'd been accepted to university, um, but I had a salary, $65,000, plus a car, plus a phone, never pay for petrol, all that kind of stuff. When you're 18... That looks pretty good. That looks pretty good. Yep. Um, so... I suppose realistically that was probably another driving factor of why I didn't actually go to uni as well. Mm. Um, but same thing, when I was in there doing all that, my mum, she eventually stepped away from the business. Um, but my mum, she was the one who was like, just remember, you're not going to be there long. Yeah. And she was the one, she's like, you won't be happy. Yeah. And she was the one, make sure you keep studying, find something to do. And she was actually pretty big on, you don't need to go to university. Mm. Um, she was kind of, the only mum I'd really ever heard say that. Mm. Uh, she's like, you don't have to go to university. A lot of the time, people end up wasting four years, they get a huge debt, and they never use that degree. Oh, they're not wasting it. It's cool. It's fun. <laughs> it would be a <laughs> the fun The bar on the hill is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she was one who was um, pretty big like that, actually. Yeah, she, and she's right. Look, you're an example. The pathway that you find doesn't have to be wedded to tertiary education at a university. doesn't have to be university's there for a reason i've gone twice loved it yep. it's been great for me but there are other vocations and areas it doesn't need to yeah. doesn't need to be on the radar exactly right so she was the one who always made me continue doing something mm. when she saw when i was starting to do the strength and conditioning side of it that i really started to enjoy it so were you doing that whilst working in irrigation yeah so you saw that was a bit of a side hustle yep a bit of a side hustle just for a bit of fun because i enjoyed fitness back then yep crazy loved it so when you were in irrigation, did you know that this wasn't you? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I knew it for a while. So how did you go with that struggle? You just talked about, you know, you had the opportunity to go to university, but this cash and salary and lifestyle, and then you could do the side hustle, but it still wasn't you. How did you go dealing with that? Yeah, I suppose it was, in a way, it was a nine to five. Yeah, okay. It was a, a seven till three or a seven till four. Yep. I loved fitness back then, like I mentioned. So for me, it was an easy lifestyle. You could get out at three I could get and, out, and do what you wanted to do in Get life. out at three, go work out, do what I want. The other good thing about being in that industry was you got to hire your friends. Now, I was going to say, you had, I know the business and you had, I don't know if they were all your friends at the time, but you were surrounded by your mates. Yeah, so I think it ends up at one stage, I had five employed <laughs> from my year at school. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great for that. So it was a good social aspect. We're all making okay money. Um, we're enjoying it a little bit. I was the only one that was at this time in that kind of managerial role. Um, and then I just had to deal with the people I didn't want to. Um, but yeah, I did go through some stages where I was like, what am I going to do? Yep. Um, how am I going to make this transition? And because I was in a lifestyle where I was used to having some income, 
for me, it was non-viable. It's like, mm. There's no way I can just leave that and so go you study full time. Yeah. Trapped by the money. Yep. And then, like I said, blessing in disguise happened. Left my work. Yep. Had the money behind me to go and pay for this diploma up front. Um, and because I'd already started my little side hustle, I just took that on as more of a full-time position. And while I was doing that, I could easily get through my study. Was that difficult? Like, I'm guessing you wouldn't have been earning the same cash through um, strength and conditioning. You're doing your diploma. H- how did you handle that side of it? Because that, that comes down a bit of an ego thing. That Hey, I've, I've got a company car and, and I'm, I'm, I don't have to pay for petrol, like you said, and I'm earning great money. And my friends are now still in the industry and they're probably earning good money and I'm now down here. How did you handle that? It humbled me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, I, it was actually a good thing, to be honest, because I think I was getting to a bit of an asshole and having a bit of an ego when I was younger. Okay. Um, and it definitely humbled me. I remember there was some weeks in personal training. All it would take is a couple of people to have a week off. And I remember there was some weeks where I'd come home with about 100 bucks mm. a week. Um, which was enough Big difference. to um, put petrol in your car. Yep. That was about it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, huge difference. Um, and, yeah, you'd have good weeks, but they're not great in that industry, realistically. So, yeah, it was, um, it was tough, but I was lucky where I was. I still had the support of my mum. She understood a lot of things. Um, she was the one who would occasionally be like, yeah, look, I'd honestly prefer to occasionally lend you money rather than you go out, find another job you don't like and probably get stuck there because you'll get a good position or something. Um, so that worked out really well. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Do you think you'd be in the position you'd be now without her? No, no way. Yeah, it's cool, hey? No way. Um, even small things, like, you do notice eventually, but when you're young, you don't think of it at all. But, you know, if you look back at what a single mum was able to provide you with, and then you have a great upbringing and you therefore have those values in yourself. So you try your best to be a good person for everybody else. Mm. Um, like I'll even notice when we had, like I had a friend that was in need for a while there and just because I know what my mum was like, I invited him to come and live with us. Mm. That, hey, come live with us for a couple of weeks, turned into a couple of years. Um, we would house the imports that would come over for basketball. Yep. Um, we would do all that kind of stuff and it was just her same thing helping people hmm. probably honestly being a little bit too nice sometimes yep um, but yeah there's no way I v- would have done what I've done without her wait pretty much you, coaching me the whole way through wait it wait till you have kids yeah um, that's you know that's what I want to be to my girls I want yeah. them to go yeah wow dad's done all these things and mum's done all these things for the community um, it does it reflects on them and it does um, Abby my middle daughter is about to run a little project to raise some funds to help um, a foundation that her cousins are involved in. She's done that off her bat just by, hopefully, us rubbing off on her. So your mum's rubbed off on you, absolutely. So those things um, are important in life, but it's also the business stuff. I, I just see it, like like I said to you, that it's a different mentality of person to start their business. Now you've just got to take <clears throat> your mum's learning and grow it. Because um, one of your issues is... Yeah, capacity, being a one-man band. Um, you're booked out for two to four weeks and if someone's hurt their shoulder or knee or whatever, they want to see you straight away. So how do you balance that? How do you manage that side of things moving forward? That's what I have come to learn probably in the last six to 12 months. Yep. I can't do everything. 
Um, I have a bad habit of going, looking at the time, going, oh, I finished at eight o'clock tonight, but I can't get you in for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, I'll just come tonight. Yeah. Come at eight o'clock. I have a really bad habit of doing that. Um, for example, like I already told you With this morning when I, t- <laughs> when I turned up, I've been on leave for the last two weeks. When I'm on leave, I'm actually teaching. Um, so technically, I'm just having three days off in the middle of the week as my long weekend, basically. Hmm. Um, last week, I ended up working for a day of that leave. And today, it's Thursday, I'm meant to be on leave. And all afternoon, I'm working again. Purely just because, I don't you know. You want to look after your customers. Exactly right. <coughs> yep. And um, But you do have to realize at some stage, there is a, a divide there. And you've got to learn how to put the wall up. And, you know, realistically, everyone is going to be fine. Um, but it's hard just to get there. And that's something I've only yeah, really yeah. come to notice and recently. We're, we're all like that. Every business is the same. Capacity growing. How do you do it? It's a tough, tough one to do. So, all right. Um, we got a time machine in our podcast. So we call it the Career Conversations Time Machine. Simple question. If you could rewind the clock to 20-year-old Lachlan, given what you know today, what would you tell him? It's not very long ago. No, um, that's, that's what I was saying. You're the youngest one. You're not going to reflect that long. Yeah, so... But given your, given your experience that you've garnered, is there anything you'd do differently or, or give yourself advice to say, okay, slight change here? What would it be? Definitely the one that I've only realised recently. Um, look after yourself first. Hmm. That may sound selfish in a way, but realistically, how are you going to help others on the plane with their oxygen masks if you're not wearing yours first? Yep. Um, that's been huge and that's only been probably the last six to 12 months where I've had my own health problems purely from working too long, not sleeping, all of that stuff. And you don't realise that it does. It even affects you in your work. Mm. You might think you're providing more, but realistically, are you providing the exact same as what you were? Um, that's definitely the one that I'm still currently trying to put in place. Good advice. I love it. All right. So thanks for spending some time with us on the podcast and yeah, good luck with growing your business. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Lachlan. Special thanks to today's guest, Lachlan McPhee. What a great conversation. You can hear from his voice how passionate he is about his trade. Um, If you want to learn more about Lachlan, we'll have some of the the links to his uh, business via Facebook um, and some of the other socials. So you can click and learn more about him and make an appointment and uh, go and get your muscles tended to. Um, If you'd like to request a guest, we'd love to hear from you. Please let us know uh, who you'd like to hear on the Career Conversations podcast. And, And thank you again for your patience during this COVID break. And thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. If you enjoy our podcast, please go to Spotify, um, iTunes, give us a rating and that helps more people to hear our fantastic uh, career conversations. Until next time, I'm Craig McGregor.